Welcome back everyone. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs and I moved out when I was just 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for almost nine years, have two awesome kids, and our mission here is to create compassion for communities that are misunderstood, marginalized, and or abused by their leaders, as well as empower those who have left, like Sam, by giving them a platform to share their stories with the world. Yes, and thank you all so much for your support through sharing, liking, and subscribing to our channel. Today we're going to be covering part two and three of Three Wives, One Husband. It's a documentary on YouTube if you want to look that up. Yes, yeah, all about the Rockland Ranch group. And if you haven't seen our video about part one, then you can click up above to go see that one and check that one out first. Yes. For this second video on Rockland Ranch, we really want to combine part two and part three because we feel like they went so well hand in hand as we were watching. We're like, yeah. this really just deserves its own video. Agreed. I, I felt like it could have been one episode, but then it would have been extra long. But it was very <laughs> much... Uh, definitely went hand in hand together so yeah the overall feeling between the two it talks a lot about the women's emotions and what it's like to be you know a plural wife and how they feel about that and they're really raw with that mm -hmm. and then also some insights into why they do it and what they think the eternal blessings will be from it so yeah. we're something, excited to dig into it yeah for sure and something that I appreciated is it seemed that the women were pretty straightforward with about their feelings. You know, they didn't try to paint it as all rainbows and sunshine. They did share their concerns and, you know, we saw our fair share as someone commented here of the eye rolls. You know, <laughs> but but even beyond that, even beyond their facial expressions, they definitely voiced that they had some difficult times living in plural marriages. Yeah, the first episode, part one, was more about Enoch's family. And the mm -hmm. second episode, I mean, they touched a little bit on Abel's family, but this second episode was a lot more about Abel's family and his three wives. And you can almost tell, and this is sad to say, and I don't mean it disrespectfully at all, but the way that you see Enoch's wives even just connect with him, like in the interviews, is a lot different than what you see with Abel and his wives. His wives were a lot more just like arms folded, sitting there through interviews. Nobody was touching him. Like um, Enoch's wives both were like holding, you know, each one had a hand and a lot more like affectionate, I guess. Yeah. And some people just aren't super affectionate in public. So maybe that was some of it, but you could tell that the women felt a lot more uncomfortable. They were a lot more vocal about the hardships of plural marriage. And that was really interesting to see how hard it was on them. Definitely. And it goes to show two things. First of all, that every family dynamic can be so different, even within something that seems so different to the outside world as plural marriage, as polygamy. It, uh, but even within polygamy, each family dynamic can be so different. Number two that I found that could change things up was Abel has three wives. Enoch only has two. And for some reason, it seems that the first wife is way more A-OK -okay with uh, polygamy, with bringing other women in, than the second wife is. And maybe that's where some of the turmoil came from within the Abel family. Yeah, both cases. I actually took a note of that. I was like, the first wives, what are it? First wives are built different. <laughs> because I feel like both of them, the first wife for Enoch, was all for the second wife and same with Abel where that first wife is saying I think we need to do this because I think in their mind and obviously I can't read their minds but 
If you believe in the principle of plural marriage, even beforehand, which these couples talk about the fact that they knew that they were going to be plural marriages before they got married to their first spouse, which I think is awesome. And they were all adults and consensual and all of these things that make a big difference when it comes to the way that Sam was raised, where it was arranged marriages and underage marriages and all those yuckiness that's sometimes run with polygamy. So I really appreciated that they were all consensual adults coming into these. And then on top of that, that these women are thinking they already know ahead of time that they believe in polygamy and plural marriage. And it just seems like the next step. And I don't know if it's harder for the second wives because it's already plural marriage. And so addition seems unnecessary. Or, I don't know. That could be a part of it for sure because they feel like we're already living the celestial law as they call it. They call plural marriage polygamy the celestial law. And so maybe they feel that, like you say, they've already fulfilled that purpose. So why do you need to bring anyone else on? And number two, the second wife coming into the family, she's probably used to getting all of that attention from the husband because she's the new wife. And then if he's bringing on someone else, maybe they wouldn't want to have to deal with or go through what they know they put that first wife through. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say. And, and like I said at the beginning, all family dynamics are different, but it definitely seemed like the first wife was way more okay with the idea of polygamy than the second wife. So your mom was a second wife. Correct. Yes. What was that experience? Like, I know obviously you weren't yeah. born, you know, when, but you weren't born, but before the third wife, came into the family, no. right? But what was that experience like from what you heard for so, your mom as a second wife? And, and some of what I say here about what I am assuming it might have been like in the Rockland Ranch is because of what I saw within my own family and heard. But it was very, very difficult for my mother uh, in my own family because she was the second wife. And like Melissa had mentioned, the third wife was already a part of the family before I was ever born. But I did hear of how difficult it was for my mother when the third wife was uh, was joined the family. And she, I mean, it got, or at least I heard that it got to the point where she was almost ready to leave. Like it was very, very emotionally difficult and just heartbreaking for her to, to welcome another wife into the family. So once again, I didn't hear those types of stories about my father's first wife. You know, so mm -hmm. once again, it goes to show that it seemed to be so much more difficult for the second wife. Well, and his father's first wife was a convert from the LDS church to the FLDS. So to convert in that way says to me that she obviously believed that the principle of plural she marriage knew. was very important. And so she already knew that's what she was signing up for. Um, a little bit different than someone like your mother who was raised out there where arranged marriage was kind of... I also feel like it would almost be harder where it's forced. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, you, you don't right. have a choice in FLDS. You're not choosing to join. You were just raised that way. No, or in the sense where here they court and then even Enix, you know, he was dating somebody and courting her mm -hmm. and then she still had the choice to say no 
or take a break or whatever. So those extra choices matter and can make a huge difference, I think, in how you're going to feel about the whole experience. Right. It's true. It's true. Uh, and it, But once, once the wives are already married to the husband, it seemed like they had less say in the matter, even though... They, or at least the show portrayed that he was giving them the option. What do you think? How do you feel about this? It also seemed like if one didn't agree that he still went forward with what he thought was the right thing to do. Right? That, that at least it seemed that way within one of the families that it shows. And that come, becomes extra apparent in part three where they talk about Abel's brother passes away and mm -hmm. has two wives. And Abel's brother had asked him to please marry my wives after I pass. And in that case, where you say, at one point, Abel even says, if I feel like this is what's right and that's what I'm supposed to do, then I'm going to follow what God tells me, even if I lose one of my current wives. Mm. So obviously, at the end of the day, it's not up to how the wives feel because Abel told his other wife, his second wife, well, if you have to, if you feel like you have to, then you can leave because this is what I'm going to do anyway. So it's insight for us because in the first episode, we're like, it doesn't really seem like they have a choice, even though it's making it look like it's this conversation for everybody involved. And then I felt that kind of sealed the deal for me on like, okay, no, it's not really. If it's like, well, if you're not happy with it, you can leave. Right. Which it, he was will. Oh man, this, this whole topic, <laughs> it was one of those, as we said in the previous video, it was a pause moment pause moment a very definite pause moment because uh, the the idea just the idea of your brother passes away and you are to marry his wives like just that idea alone is just so hard for me to even wrap my head around uh, the idea of protecting and, and and providing for and being there for the, your brother's family I can get behind that all day long that's no problem but the idea of marrying his wives that wow I just I don't know <laughs> I, I can't wrap my head around that that's, Sam paused it and he was like if anything ever happened to me my brothers are the last people that I would want for you to marry again like absolutely not, like anybody but my brothers yeah. like that's just too weird not that I don't trust or love my brothers, but it just is a very, I don't know, it's hard for me to understand why they would have wanted that. Wanted that. But, and this is kind of, I know the title talking about the fact that we're going to be talking about marriages and afterlife. Mm -hmm. This is kind of where we're going to get into that a little bit more yeah. because the belief system in why they're doing this, why these women are doing it, because even at one point... Um, one of the other wives in a different episode had said, like, when I say it all out loud, I don't know why I would even want this, mm -hmm. right? But my spirit tells me that it's what's right. And multiple times, these women are complaining about it. They're saying how hard it is, that it's absolute hell to go through, that it's just the worst thing ever. Um, even the his brother, Jim, who passed away, the two sister wives, they were known as, what did they say? The two-headed dragon, that they... Everything except for being physical against each other. They just hated each other and all these things. Like, it was just the worst experience possible. But all of them, at the end of the day, believe that it's meant for their salvation, for them to grow in this life, and that that is the most important thing. And for them to ultimately have their eternal family. Yeah. And to be able to live together forever. And this is where it gets a little bit complicated, and we will touch on that. But, but that's the idea. 
And that is what I heard growing up. Let's get through this life. This life is whatever. Just you, All you have to do is be obedient, follow the teachings of the prophet, do what he says, follow God, and, and that's it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, you don't need to enjoy this life. You don't need to have fun. It's about persisting to the end and just making sure that you don't break any of the commandments or, any, or make sure you're obedient to the prophet. One of Jim's widows even said, and I had written it down, um, about the, the fact that she had so much hope in the eternal life. Mm. She said, I would just hope this life would just hurry up and get over with. Exactly. Right? And so when you have that perspective of eternal families, that all that matters is the other side, and that your situation in marriage, in these plural, like obviously they believe that the more people they can love, that's what they kept saying, like the more people it teaches them to be more godlike, by learning to love more people and learning to love their sister wives and all these type of things to not be selfish they all believe are all traits that they're going to need in the next life to become mothers of worlds and to be able to be goddesses and next to their husband and creating spirits in the next life and so all of that leads into just their idea of marriage is different so while it is for love it's really for the eternal salvation. That's what the sealing is for. Because these women, only the first wife is ever actually legally married mm -hmm. to their husband because it's illegal. <laughs> Polygamy is illegal. And we'll get more into that in the next episode. But even though it's illegal, they still call them wives because they are spiritually bound or sealed to them right. for the next life. The purpose is for the next life. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it gets complicated when people think that way, though. When your mentality is, this life matters in the sense that I have to prove myself, but it doesn't matter in the sense that I need to enjoy it or, or make the best of it in the sense of, of um, living for myself and also for my family. You know, and so it gets complicated because then things like underage marriages, things like abuse that maybe they wouldn't consider abuse, and I'm speaking for the FLDS as well, maybe they wouldn't consider abuse, don't seem like such a big deal if this life doesn't matter that much, right? Mm -hmm. If it's more about what is to come, God commanded, so the prophet says, God commands you to do this, and the man says, even if, it, even if the man was uncomfortable about the idea of marrying an underage girl, he would say, oh, but God said to do it, I have to do it. All that matters is the next life. I have to prove myself worthy. Yeah, even Abel, at the very beginning, they asked him, you know, how many wives is too many? Mm -hmm. And his response was, I'm not going to answer or God will give me that. <laughs> right? Meaning that even for him, it's a struggle. He was saying, I can't ever keep all of my wives happy. None of all three of my relationships are ever good at the same time. It's pretty much impossible. And I can't imagine the hardship on the man as well. Obviously, I'm more for the women, I feel worse for the women, but for the man too, if you feel like that's your responsibility, no man can be happy if there's always one relationship that is off, yeah. you know? You know, and it's, this brings up a point that, you know, I hear people say, oh man, and I know they're joking, sometimes they are anyway, and they say, oh man, I can't believe you gave up polygamy, you could have been able to marry all these women and whatever, and what the outsider that jokes about that doesn't understand is that, first of all, in a lot of these groups that practice polygamy, you don't really have a whole lot of say in 
the way you want to live or the way you want your family to be. You're very much commanded to live a certain way. And number two, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. If you're trying to actually love and be there for every woman, and, and they're not, you're not just sleeping around, you're actually trying to make a family and, and love them and be there for them. If that's your goal, it is, geez, I can only imagine how complicated, like Melissa said, to make them all happy at the same time. Yeah. How hard that would be. But they believe that that's what it takes for eternal life. And not only plural marriage, and somebody, if anybody knows this, because somebody had commented, and I confirmed as well, that a lot of these Rockland Group members, even though they didn't all have to subscribe to the exact same religion, polygamy was basically the, they had a lot of rules there, right, that they had to follow, but they didn't all have to believe the exact same thing. So it wasn't a religion itself, this whole group, but a lot of them are from the AUB, which is the same as Addie McCall. If you want to see her interview about growing up in the AUB, you can click above. But for her, she was saying that a lot of them are kind of independent, but they're AUB. And I wonder, I might reach out to Addie or somebody knows, does the AUB believe that you have to have at least three wives to get to the celestial kingdom? Because I have heard that there are certain polygamous groups that believe that. that believe that there has to be a minimum of three wives. In the FLDS, that was not the case, correct? Not that you so know So it's that. funny because I've heard someone say that, uh, that was from the FLDS, but that was never mentioned or taught to me when I was growing up out there. So it must have just been within certain families. Maybe Warren Jeff said that. I don't know, but it wasn't anything that was taught in my family. It is something that has been around the polygamous rumor mill, though, so I don't know exactly where it came from, but there are definitely some offshoot polygamous groups um, within Mormonism that believe that there has to be at least three wives. So that also makes me wonder if that is why Enoch was trying so hard to court a third, mm. or maybe that's why Abel has a third, and I don't know if the AUB believes that or not. So people in the comments, help me out. Let us know if anyone knows more information on that. Yeah, that would be interesting to know if that is taught amongst, if it's commonly taught amongst other groups as well. So before we get completely away from this, let's get back a little bit to the afterlife and why it is so important for some of these, for, for these families and women to live a certain way in this life, because in the afterlife, they truly do believe that they are going to be gods and goddesses and that they are going to be able to have their own worlds and populate these worlds with their spirit children. And, and, and then, of course, they believe that uh, those spirit children will eventually also have a mortal experience like we're having right now to be able to prove themselves to be gods and goddesses as well. But in order to, in order to do that, you do have to have a mortal experience, a mortal life to gain your body and be able to prove yourself. So... Yes, and that honestly, we'll probably do a whole other video about that theology and where that comes from within Mormonism yes. and all of that because we could go super deep on that. We're only mentioning that because it's very apparent that Rockland Ranch, the people there, also believe in that same theology. And that is why the women continue to say that's why they do it anyway. It's why the men are saying they do it anyway because it's all about this next life. Exactly. And I just pointed that small uh, bit out to show a the importance of what it is to them, what this next life entails. Super important. And along the lines of the importance of that, I think that's why when they talked about Abel marrying his brother's 
wives, his brother's widows. And the first wife in particular, his first wife said she felt like it was the right thing. And the first wife of Jim also felt like it was the right thing, which again, first wives are built different, I think, because they really have such a strong, it seems like the first wives, at least at Rockland Ranch that we've seen, were the ones who were gung-ho for the plural marriage, for having more wives. You see them comforting the second and the third wives a lot more Mm -hmm. and being more open to that experience, I guess. But these two women, Jim had told them that they could pick whether or not they wanted to get married. And so it opened up a really interesting dialogue. Like his, his one wife was asking the children, like, if I was to marry any of your uncles, who would you want it to be? And they were like, marry our uncles? Like, what? And I feel like the kids had a pretty proper response about how I think anybody would feel. Yeah, my uncle? That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were saying. Something like that. It was very, I, I mean, I can't imagine someone asking me or, you know, as a young as a young boy, hey, you know what? We're going to marry someone else. And uh, who do you think, which uncle should we choose? Right? Yeah. Like, like that just seems such an odd thing to say, such an odd question for a child to have to answer. Yes, but the first wife did have a specific reason why she thought that was the best case. And she had said um, that if I have children with his brother, because again, like Sam said, if they just wanted to take care of his widows, they could easily do that. Anybody could take care of widows. They already had children that they believed they were sealed to Jim, but they believe that this mortal experience is meant to have as many children as possible. And so part of that is they need to be remarried so they can continue to have children on this earth. But she said, if I have children with his brother, the DNA is close to the same. So they'll be Jim's kids in the next life. Which once again, I mean, I I don't really understand what she's saying, but I do understand her point that it's, we're trying to keep it within the family so that he can, have his family and have his kids are still related but 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 a big but but (laughs) but yeah it's i i don't know i don't i don't really understand what she where she was going with that or how that made sense to her do you did you understand it i think she was just trying to say that she feels like she's sealed to jim but in the meantime she still has these earthly duties that she needs to Mm. fulfill and that hopefully on the next side, it still gets sorted out like how she had hoped for if her husband had it passed away. That like, it's not going to change the eternal perspective on it. And honestly, it gets so muddy. And this happens within the LDS church as well. When somebody is widowed, and we know people that have been widowed, and then gotten remarried and spent most of their life with a new spouse... And the only answer is really that it's going to be sorted out in the next life. Like, are you sealed to the first husband? Are you sealed Which to the second one husband? Who do you end up with? Yeah. Who do you end up with? Who do you end up creating another world with? Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't want to say they kind of shoot themselves in the foot a little bit, but whenever a religion in general gets so specific about exactly how something's going to be on the other side mm-hmm. in the next life, you know, if it was generic, just it's all going to be worked out, everyone's going to be fine. But then when instead it's, you're sealed, you're going to be doing this exact thing with your husband with this exact purpose in the next life, and this is your mission in the next life. Well, now those specifics matter because these women are wondering, okay, am I going to be with Jim? 
I want to be because I love him. I'm just going to be marrying his brother for the current time to have more children. But then if I'm having children with him, do those children get to come with me in the next life to be with the husband that I want to be sealed to or all these things in the LDS church, a man can be actually sealed to multiple women. So even their current prophet, um, Russell Nelson, he had a wife, she passed away. His new wife, he is sealed to as well because the LDS church, while they don't believe in polygamy on this earth anymore, they do believe polygamy in the next life. Right. So he, men are able to get sealed to as many wives as they want, basically. But it gets complicated. But it gets complicated. When that, when, when one the of these wives, one of these wives had been sealed previously <laughs> to another man. Because if, if he passes away, then she, that doesn't break that seal. They're still sealed for all eternity. Right? So how does that work out in the end? And the answer has been, well, God God has a plan. God will work it out in the end, but we don't really know what exactly that's going to look like. Yeah, which I feel like is the most honest, sincere answer mm -hmm. you can give, right? Like nobody knows. But like I said, when you have your whole life surrounded around this ideology of these specific things that you're promised with a specific person and the importance of being sealed to that person and your children being sealed to you is so important that even the only time children can go into the temple for sealing is, you know, through adoption, but they have to go and be sealed because of how important that ordinance is within Mormonism. And so when you have those type of specifics, it does confuse and I think it can end up becoming a big struggle for people when death happens, untimely death, as to what, okay, now this earth life, okay, if I have this whole other life with somebody, is that all going to go away on the next side, on the other side? Hmm. So, I don't yeah, know, a lot, of, a lot of food for thought there. Yeah. It's very intriguing and interesting. <laughs> I can see why it's so hard for her, why she wants to hold on to the idea mm -hmm. that like, Again, that's not any kind of doctrine, the idea of if you marry the brother, then somehow you get to stay with the husband. I think in her mind, that's her trying to reconcile and all those one, feelings. And it's another thing, and it's another thing too, if the, if the man and the woman were both widowed, and then they came together, right? Then there's kind of this equal, well, maybe we'll just go back to our previous partners that we were sealed to in the afterlife. But what if one of the what if the woman was widowed, but the man was never married, and then they get married in this life? In the next life, he's got nobody, and she goes back to her previous ceiling, right? So it's there's there's a lot of different ways that this could get really complicated. Yeah. And uh, I wish we had the exact this no 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 we this is exactly what's going to happen in the next life according to fundamentalism and uh, Mormonism, but uh, unfortunately they, I don't think anyone has that specific answer that, no, I, that we I've, know of. I've had, we've had family friends, my family has, of a man who was a widower and all the women that he married after, like he had a couple marriages after, he had a couple wives mm -hmm. die, and he married all of them. A lot of times you'll hear LDS people say they got married for a time only. Mm -hmm. And so all of his marriages, none of them were ceilings even though technically he could have, as a man, been sealed to multiple women. But from what I understand, they were all to. time only. He only mm -hmm. wanted to be married to the love of his life that was the mother of his children because he was older when she had passed away. And so he got married for 
time only to these other women and was meant for when death do you part. He expected that was what was going to happen. I mean, that would keep it less complicated for the next life, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, and not, and make your, not make your previous wife sign up for polygamy without her consent. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that until right now. If you passed away and then your husband, like the LDS prophet, right? Mm -hmm. His wife involuntarily got signed up for eternal polygamy because he was sealed to another woman and she didn't have a chance or a choice and that's in the matter. Another, and that's another thing that people will say, oh, when you get to the other side, it'll all be explained and it'll all make sense and uh, the, the polygamy thing will be explained and it won't be a big deal. Don't worry about it in this life. The next life will all make sense, right? And, and that's just kind of a way to get around trying to answer some of those hard questions, but really what else can you say? Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to be said. Yeah. So, there <laughs> you go. There you go. There's us <laughs> giving way too much information and way too much food for thought on some of our thoughts about this Rockland Ranch group. Obviously, hard to see these women go through. Oh, the last thing I will say, the two widows, one thing that was so hard is for me to see, again, with how hard these women are struggling, and it's very apparent they're all having struggles consistently, if they're not even trying to hide it when it, the camera's on, mm -hmm. that tells me that when the camera's off, it could be even worse because I feel like people tend to put their best foot forward and they want to look the best that they can in front of cameras. Right. So if they can't even hide it, then ooh, it makes me nervous for them. But they said that Jim's death brought us together as wives and that they were sad that it took something like that because apparently they did not get along like she was saying that the one wife had like thrown her into the door, like big fights. And just the fact that again, they believe that all of these things happen for a purpose and this purpose of him passing away might just be so that they could be closer for that next life. Yeah. It was interesting to see that some of the time, some of these women, when the, when the husband was away or when they both disagreed about something the husband did, they would come together as you know, as like friends, and become these the this this friendship against the husband. Against the husband. Oh, what did he do? Can you believe that he? Can did you believe this? what he did? Although so. one of the wives said she's like, um, if I weren't married, if she wasn't, this is this is a quote, but if she weren't married to my husband, I would not be friends with her. <laughs> that was like, oh my gosh, like just that sentence alone. Like, if she weren't married to my husband, I'd have nothing to do with her. Well. If anyone tried to be married to my husband, I would have nothing to do with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah, so it's such a unique perspective. Uh, really, as far as these women, the, the widows of Jim, Enoch's brother, uh, another complicated thing came to w the second wife of Jim decided that she wanted to date and to, and to explore different options with, and instead of just marrying Enoch, or sorry, uh, Abel. Abel. So, sorry. Abel's brother Jim, not Enoch's brother Jim. I'm trying to keep all these names straight. <laughs> Instead of marrying Abel, she decided to explore her options and it showed one experience where she brought uh, a man to see her house and, and meet her family and all of that. And it didn't work out in the end because it was too much for him. Well, and, and he said that he had daughters, which is understandable that he said, or at least what she said he said, right? That he had daughters and he was worried that though she might have been okay not practicing polygamy anymore with him, mm -hmm. if she still had those beliefs, those beliefs could be taught to his daughters right. and that would put them in a situation that he wasn't comfortable with his daughters being in. And he was Christian or is Christian, but not 
in any polygamous lifestyle. So or any Mormonism. Right. So it was kind of a new idea to him. And he, I don't see, blame him. It That's seemed hard. like he had really strong feelings for her, but but I can also understand uh, that if you have your own children, that's more important. It's not just about what makes you happy anymore. It's about what you feel is best for your children. But anyway, I point this out because it seemed to be pretty complicated for these women because it was like, what do you do? They almost feel like they have to marry Abel <laughs> because that's what their late husband wished. That, that was his wish. And, and they don't really have a lot of other options because they live a very unique lifestyle. Yeah, and by the end of the episode, they still had not decided to be married to Abel. Mm -hmm. A lot of that being that his first three wives, the first wife was okay with it. The second wife even threatened to leave, even though she was trying really hard. And the third wife was just an absolute wreck about it because it had already been so hard for her even becoming the third wife. And... I really felt for this wife too, where she feels like I should be doing this because this is what my late husband wanted. Abel is willing to, but she said she didn't want to automatically go into a family and like tear apart all these wives and cause all these problems. So it doesn't really talk about, it just said that they didn't end up, currently they're not yeah. getting married to Abel and there weren't plans for that, but we should look into and see where they are now if any of them did end up marrying Abel because that was not the plan at the end of the series. Right. No, it seemed like they were just taking their space, taking their time to try to figure it all out. Yeah. So it was an interesting couple episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of, like I said, a lot of insight onto the women's feelings for sure, them being very open and candid about those, or at least that this was them being closed off about it and trying to put on a brave face. It was... It could have been even tougher than what we even realized. Yeah. I mean, you have to imagine that there's a lot going on that's not on camera. Oh, yeah. And so that's something to remember, too, is even though they shared some of their feelings and their concerns and their doubts, there's a lot more. Mm -hmm. You would almost think that they would try to keep it more rainbows and sunshine on camera than it actually is. So that's yikes. Yeah, stay tuned because in a couple days on Friday, we are going to release our last final on part four, talking about polygamy and the law and the Rockland Ranch group and them standing up for rights for polygamists in Utah. So that was a very interesting episode. We're going to be covering that on Friday. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. Thank you all so much for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to y'all soon.